Hey guys, we're back. Jake and I sitting in a car in a Walgreens parking lot after a team match. Heck it, to the yes, we are. <laughs> to the yes. Uh, we had it's uh, we had a good time this weekend. We were at a Rifleman's Team Challenge match in uh, Eastern Washington. So it's, it's a match that uh, I, I love shooting these kind of matches. Don't get to as much or just schedule wise because of PRS and NRL keeps us pretty busy. But this one fit in and it was it was a lot of fun. Got some breezy weather today, and uh, but it was a good time. Good guys out there. We don't get to see as much, and had a good time. So we're going to do a catch up. It's been a little bit. Um, so let's let's recap. Um, we shot. Uh, you won the Arizona match. We did one on that. We did. We shot the Texas. I did not win that. <laughs> <laughs> the best of the West. Um, uh, good dude, Dan Drecky took that down. Um, we. Uh, we let's just let's talk about that for a minute. I, we so uh, I felt like um, I felt like we we actually both shot pretty well on mm-hmm. a majority of stages. There was a couple stages that really ate my lunch, and so I'm thinking back to a couple different uh, matches for me that remind me of what happened um, at this match. And so one match was a Arizona match at the beginning of last year where you actually won it. Yep. Um, but there was one stage in particular that I did really, really poor, and it cost me a bunch of spots in the match. Um, it cost me a, a, a real good finish. Yep. I think if I cleaned that, I could have got second or tied for second place um, mm-hmm. in that particular stage. And it reminds me of a, a stage here in Texas that I also did really bad. It was a 12-round stage. It was long range. Um, it was windy. It just started to rain on us, and so it was a little bit um, – it, it was a tough stage for sure. And there were really small targets, and I got a 1 out of 12. I haven't got a 1 out of 12 in a really long time, but I <laughs> did it there. And so, you know, you start thinking about it. There was other people in the match that actually cleaned that stage. And, you, you know, you think about, well, what, what was the difference in that particular situation? How can I react differently? How can I train differently? Is there mm-hmm. anything I can do? Because sometimes you shoot a stage, and you're just like, you know, that really had nothing to do with skill. It's just the way the, the cookie crumbled at that moment. Yeah. Um, this particular stage was a prone stage, so it wasn't like we were struggling yeah. to get stable on a barricade Yeah, or it anything. was a prone stage. Um, but don't worry, I followed it up after you to show you how it's done with a big three. Yeah, that was awesome. Or two. Dude, that <laughs> so. was, I was like, man, I'm so impressed right now. So You just got a three out of 12, and that impresses me. Yeah. Like you so we're, we're down like nine and 11 points on one <laughs> stage. That's more than we dropped a, on, on 16 other stages combined exactly. by, a, by a ton. And so, so we shoot, shoot, shoot. We clean a lot of stages, but that particular stage um, – you know, there was, you know, this is, this is hard about stages like this is that, um, when you put in stages that are, uh, maybe a little bit longer ranges and you mix in some very uh, windy or, or bad conditions, it makes it a, a challenging stage. But the, the thing that we're, that I'm trying to kind of battle with is figure out is one, how can I be better at these particular stages? Yep. I did not do well. And so, you can't always, you know, try to blame it on something else. Well, these guys shot it when it wasn't windy, and so that's why they did well. Okay, all that stuff very well might be true, but still, there's no reason to, to you know, I'm the one that shot it. 
so on and so forth. And so our entire squad and the squads before us and the squads after us really struggled. And it was mostly because of the wind, um, but that's okay. For me, I want to fight through that. I want to really make sure I can maximize my points no matter what I'm doing. And so instead of a one, maybe I can scrape out a five or a six or a seven or whatever. Which would be nice. You know, which yeah. would have been a high score in the in the last three squads. It had just turned. The weather had turned in that particular moment. So it was really it was really poor. Uh, poor weather, poor, you know, lots of wind. Um, the, visit, the, visit, the visibility was really bad during that time of the day. And so it was a combination of things that, hard to see trays. The, that they really made it hard for us. One, one thing that's difficult on that particular stage is targets are elevated pretty high off the ground. Uh, your first shot misses. You don't really see where they go. It's real tall grass. Um, and we, I couldn't see trays very well at all. So we got we got eaten up. I'm trying to, like, not play the victim card. Oh, I just, you know, you get screwed. And there's, there's luck elements. We all know it. Um, it's part of the game. And like you said, trying to think through of how we can improve on these things. Um, and you know, sometimes you scratch your head. You're like, man, I don't know. I felt like I drew, broke good pulls. I made good corrections. I made on my run. I made three first round hits. It was two shots per target, three first round hits. And then on my second round, I missed those targets by a mile Yeah, with the, you know, so it's just, it was real gusty. If it holds, it's pretty good. I, I had shot that stage in prior matches and, and, um, I, I, I got a 10 one time. I got an eight another time. So I've done okay on it and I just got wrecked on it. Um, do you want to use uh, this to talk about separator stages? What match directors think about yeah, that? Yeah, so in in my opinion, I've all I've run a lot of matches and I've shot a lot of matches, and so I've seen a, a really uh, diverse way to. I, I've seen a lot of different ways to run matches, um, obviously, mm-hmm. and so what I particularly like is I like. Uh, even difficulty stages throughout the entire match. And so say a match is designed to be a difficulty level. Let's just, you know, use a 10 as, as an example as a really easy match. Let's use a zero as a really hard match. Um, so zero is you're not hitting any targets. 10 is you're hitting all the targets. Mm-hmm. And so if we want to have a difficulty level, my particular matches i want to have about a seven and you know seven and a half difficulty level that means that i want the winners to have about a 75 percent hit percentage and so what i want to do is i want to make sure that every single stage reaches that goal and so every stage should be about that 75 percent hit percentage um and the reason i like doing that is because it makes the it makes the shooters work on every single stage, um, and I can put some some bigger targets out there. I can put some easier targets out there. I can put a lot of different things, and I can limit, you know, uh, you know, or I can regulate how tough that is by running, uh, you know, different courses of fire, different time limits, uh, different positional movements. It, it's not mm-hmm. always about um the the target size it's not always about the time it's not always about the difficulty and position it's really a combination of everything mm-hmm. that allows you to do that um if you run and for the match directors that are listening or whatever if if you were to run uh 10 stages and they are all stages where let's just call it you know 80% of the field clean or drop one and then you run one more stage or two more stages that are uh, m- much more challenging. And so now people are getting 
five, sixes, and sevens, or twos, threes, fours, five, sixes, and sevens. Now, what you have is you have, you know, uh, you have a little bit of luck that comes into play because it doesn't balance out. And so you have, you know, what is, you know, considered to be everyone's going to clean stage one all the way to 10. And then all of a sudden stage 11, you have a tougher stage and hardly anyone's cleaning it. But one thing that I try to, to figure out, too, is where, because I've shot so many matches, and, and so have you, John, you mm-hmm. know, we try to figure out, for example, John and I were pretty equal shooters. We look at, you know, the stages, for example, and, you know, usually we're going to be within a point or two points because that's our talent level. So mm. if John gets an eight, I'm going to be somewhere. If if I don't shoot as well on him, I'll probably get an, an uh you know, two points less, or or if I shoot a little better, I might get two points more. But we're typically within that region. Mm-hmm. What what confuses us is that when we shoot a stage, and one of us cleans it and gets a ten, yep. and one of us goes out there and gets a two, mm-hmm. there's no there's there's zero rhyme or reason. We're 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 our, our skill level, our talent level is very close. We should be in that ballpark you know, um, over the course of time. But what happens is, is that you get these spurts of, you know, bad conditions. You get the spurts of a little bit of luck in there. And if the entire match is hinging on these couple stages, it's just not a very fair way to run a match. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't take into account. So in my opinion, every, every, all stages, if you're running a two day match, all 20 stages should be equally as difficult um, and as close as you can, logistically ranges can be yeah, difficult and conditions can change. We'll, we'll talk about some conditions here about the team match this weekend that were <laughs> ridiculous. And so there's some things you can't account for, but yeah, for the most part, you can try to keep them pretty close. I think I don't want to beat up on it's, these are hard discussions to talk about cause I don't want I like Dave and Prentice a lot. They do a great job, Oh yeah. but you know, that's is one thing I see and I hear guys talk about like, well, we're thinking about doing a match or we're doing a match. Um, and, and I've been putting a lot more thought into this because I'm helping Jake. We're running the big NRL match that uh, in, a, in a few months. And yeah. so we're talking about this a lot more and how to run stages. And we want to do some creative things, but we also don't want to have a really dumb stage or something that can skew a match. And then there are, you know, you experiment with the stage a year or two ago and it didn't go well, but it was, it seemed good as much as we can thought, think it through. And sometimes things just don't go well. So we appreciate some, some testing, but when you've run a match over and over and you consistently get the same results, it's difficult. And and this particular match, the Texas one was tough. I cleaned more stages in this match than I've ever cleaned. I felt like I shot as good as I could shoot. You had the most cleans the entire match. And I, I think I was down, I cleaned 10 or 11. And then on the other there was 18 stages. I think out of 15 of them, I was clean or <laughs> down one. I cleaned 10 or 11, and I was down one on a couple others. And then I got destroyed on two stages, and that was the entire match. If I just got eights on both those stages, I win the match by, yep. by a decent amount. And, and, that's, and that's fine. I didn't, so it is, it is what it is. You didn't, and you lost. I didn't, and I lost. And, uh, and that's fine. It's just it's a weird one when the prone ones come, you know, you come down to it, and you just get bent. Uh, and it's and that's part of the game. I've been on the receiving end of that, where I you know clean some tough long range stages, and 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 you know when you do that, you've got a shot. Yeah. But when I hear match directors talk about separator stages, that's when matches can get really screwy, like the Arizona one you mentioned. I won that match by a giant, giant margin, 
and it's not because I was way, way better than everybody that weekend. It's I, I shot really well, um, but I hit the hard, quote-unquote, separator stages in ideal, in ideal conditions, just luck of the draw and squatting. And I hit the easy stages in the hard conditions. And when you have an easy stage and a big target, those ones you can clean in hard conditions. That's right. But when you put a 12-point stage with little targets in hard conditions, you just exacerbate yep. or exaggerate the or, or I guess magnify the difficulty multiple fold compared. So I can hang in there on a on a big target at 400 yards no matter what the conditions. Yeah, 30 miles an hour or 4 miles an hour doesn't matter. I'm going to I'm going to maybe I'll drop one or two under horrible conditions or clean it under decent conditions. That's right. Versus going from, you know, a 12 to a one yep. you know you're not going to have those 11 point swings so that's the thing something we're thinking about with with the match coming up like we don't want to have blowout stages a lot of fair stages and that's something that we that is a little frustrating when you go to matches and you feel like you shot really good and and the guys there there's some guys there that really burned it down joe and dave and you know jerecki and those guys really really shot well and i do not take anything from that at all they burned it down and they did really well in those stages that we got wrecked on but it's fun when I guess we always keep coming back to the AG Cup, Drecky and Joe and all these guys were all at that match. That was probably the most fair match I've ever shot. Like I didn't, well, you won it. I didn't. I didn't win it. I shot well, but we were all shooting in similar conditions. Mm-hmm. It was just a really, really fair match. And I lost, and I lost because I didn't shoot as good. Um, but when you feel like you sh- you shot as you know you shoot really good and you still get beat up real bad, you're like, man, that's a there's some some some. Uh, more luck than you'd like to like to see but that's it is part of the game i don't know how to talk about it a whole lot i don't want to i do not want to sound whiny and probably do a little bit but um i do not want to just just a discussion of when when mds make separator stages it doesn't seem like it goes very well Mm. very often (laughs) well and and i think they do that one it's because you look at some of the matches that have bigger targets where uh lots of people are hitting stages or you know lots of people are hitting targets and cleaning people like hitting targets that's just that's Mm -hmm. that's the nature of it when you get off and you clean the stage whether it was easy whether it was hard whether everyone's doing it or no one's doing it you just feel good about cleaning the stage and so that's what some of the match directors um myself included i also ran a match like that um, that was the meatball gate that we ran, uh, <laughs> you know, ago. yeah, la- end of last year or, or two years ago, whenever that was. Um, and so we, you know, we tried it out too, but then, you know, we start worrying about the scoring and, and this is and that. So yep. I think the best thing to do is to run every stage equally as difficult. Um, and then you will. Uh, and we're not talking difficult like one MOA targets. That, no, no, that's no. the swing just the other way. E- just equally as difficult, just just medium difficulty on every single on yep. every single stage. And yep. so one thing that I do is I look at my matches. I look at um, you know a bunch of different matches, and I'll just look through the scores. And so I'll go stage one, and, and I and I just go from top of the list to the bottom of the list. What am I seeing on stage one? So let's just say it's out of ten points. Um, I see there was some 10 sprinkled in and then you kind of moved down the list and there's some nines and maybe another 10. And now there's some eights and some sevens and some sixes and fives and fours and mm-hmm. threes. And you get down to the bottom of the list and you see some threes and twos and ones. And then you, you know, whatever. 
so that's the spread that that is very important to see because as because then what you're doing is you're taking the uh, I, I don't want to say experience, but the people that shot well on that particular stage, um, you know, should be rewarded by a good score. Mm-hmm. What is what is different about some of those is that if you look at stage two, for example, it's also out of 10 points and you see the first 30 people with nines or tens, you go to the next 30 people and guess what? They all have nines or tens too. You go to the next group of people, they all have eights, nines and tens. And so what you're seeing is you're seeing pretty much that was a stage that is a throwaway stage. You might yep. as well. Um, you know, I guess one, one thing that we, we relate it to is in the golf world is that if everyone puts a six inch putt, how many of 99 random people are going to make that six inch putt? It's probably going to be everyone that's going to make a six inch putt or most everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, and so were you able to test everyone's ability or not? If you move that putt back to six feet, well, now you're going to find out, uh, you know, who maybe has a little bit of experience putting, it's a little more challenging. Yep. Move it back to 16 feet, and now you start to run into, you know, you know, just some, some different things. So that's that's kind of what we've been thinking about for our match is we want to make it super fair. Um, we want, obviously, uh, you know, the the person that performs the best that weekend to have a really good weekend. Um, but I love challenging people, and I love – uh, you know, challenge them in, in a different aspect. So it might be a time challenge on a stage. You might have to navigate through that. The next stage might be a, a smaller target stage, but plenty of time. The next stage might be, um, you know, some uh, a rough position stage, but we're going to have some bigger targets. Yep. And so, you know, working out how to challenge a person and still keep it in that realm of of 75% or whatever that number is, is uh that's tricky and it takes a lot of experience but mm-hmm. it can be done and and a lot of uh, you know a lot of good match directors are good at that so yeah yeah it's it's interesting like I was was talking with Nick this weekend a buddy and and he's I was like man I'm trying to figure out the balance of you know difficulty and and um and, and fun and fairness and and at the same time the sport's growing so we're getting new guys in and a match that maybe is is real challenging for us is going to be pretty difficult for maybe some newer guys that are showing up mm-hmm. and we still want those new guys to hit some targets and he said there's a you know there's a club club match around here that is very difficult and it gets about 15 guys a week and then there's a club match that's very very easy and gets 60 70 guys and so guys like hitting targets like that's you right. said and you guys so like it trying to figure that balance out of you know it's it's difficult but the 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 all the feel good stages mixed with two or three separators is not doesn't seem to be so would a, you just run all feel good stages then instead of any separators <laughs> It dep- no, and just let the scores hammer themselves well, no, out. No, that's meatball status, and then everybody. I think people get scores they not not necessarily deserve. Like this weekend, we we each broke a couple pretty terrible shots on that mover. We had a kind of an awkward. We'll talk about that real a little bit. Kind of an awkward, real windy off the top of a tripod. And the wind was kind of gusting. We broke some bad shots and still hit the plate because uh, it was a big plate. Because it was a big plate, and so my my thought is, if you break a a, a bad shot. Uh, you, you should miss. 
and so I broke a shot that was so bad. I didn't think it was going to hit the dirt. It was so bad. And then <laughs> ding, it's like, oh, geez. You know, but the target was 100% IPSC at a, at 300 yards or 280 yeah. yards, actually. And so it was, yeah. it was where you could get away with that. Um, I mean, imagine what the scores would have been if it was a a five MOA target. A five MOA target at two eighty is what? That's a fourteen, yeah, 14 inch round inch or something, short, yeah. right? Imagine if it's that instead scores of scores would have been half. It, it would have been half, and so it's still a big target. Five MOA is giant, it's huge. But imagine, you know, it just it it would have really been different. Um, yeah. And then when we do look at those scores in that particular stage, what we see is uh, a whole bunch of cleans, a whole bunch of drop ones, mm-hmm. a bunch more drop ones, and you see it pretty consistently all the way down the list. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that's the, the, the balance. And I mean, you ran a match that um, I think years ago, Austin Orgain won with about a 55, 60% hit ratio. 50, 54, yeah. And if we would have ran that match the next weekend and it was calm, we would have been an 80% match. That's exactly and, right. And so... Because it howled that weekend. It did. And, and so... Obviously, that happens, um, and you do the best you can to plan for that. And so, like right now, the weather is blowing. We were shooting what well, when we were finishing. We, were, I mean, from twenty miles an hour gust to thirty to forty, 20 probably to 30, yeah, twenty to thirty, and just um, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, you, there's stuff happens. We understand that. But um, generally, I think just a good fair match. I don't want a lot of guys cleaning stages personally. I think if a few guys clean a stage, man, they earned it. Yeah, I like well, a lot right. on a ten round stage. Getting a, I like eight being a good score. You know, you walk away, you're not happy, but you know, an eight's an eight's respectable, so it's eighty percent. But that's a difficulty. I don't want twenty guys cleaning the stage on on any stage really. But the balance is trying to have that happen for the best guys dropping two, but then having the newer guys be able to get, hit three or Still four something. Yeah. And so I wish you guys could see this. We've got <laughs> it's blowing so hard. We're sitting in the car and it is blowing like leaves <laughs> are going everywhere. Sagebrush was. Hitting my car on the way out here. Anyway, it's it's ripping. So, um, I I love going down uh, to their place down there. Dave and Prentice just have a such a sweet range. It's a cool um, spot. Yeah. Gosh, I just love it. I, I like the people. They always take care of us. Good lunches. I tell you what. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know who made those meatballs that they had. <laughs> Whoever it was, those meatballs were so good. And I got. Um, I got a little bowl of meatballs, and man, was I just tickled <laughs> pink with it. I, I told Dave those are the best meatballs I've had in a long time. So, Dave, you hear this, or Prentice, whoever made those meatballs, give them a shout-out. Those <laughs> are so good. Yep. Man, so just, you know, I mean, they just they always take care of us down there, and, and yep. uh, we're always super appreciative of, of high-level matches like that. Um, super fun match. Yeah, you shot pretty well. I shot pretty uh, you know, pretty well on some stages. I got beat up on some other. The yeah. the wind kind of uh, ate my lunch, and and it, yep. that's that's how it is sometimes. Yep, yep, yeah. So anyway, let's that one finished up. That was an AG match. So um, it was that was the first AG match of the series for AG qualifier points. So that was kind of fun. A lot of good guys there. It was yeah, a really was. really stacked match. It essentially was a finale more or less. A lot of it good guys fun. there. So it was it was it was fun. Just um, it's just weird you know talking about those stages so again i don't want to come off as complaining but it is a topic that gets talked a lot like man let's talk about it because it's, it's what we're talking about after the matches what my buddies different guys are talking about and they're like hey how'd stage nine go how'd stage 18 go those are the two that matter everybody knows it every time you go there 
and it's a weird dynamic for a match. So, yeah. uh, again, I don't want to bash on anybody at all. I, again, Dave and Prentice are awesome, but those are it is a weird match because of that aspect. You, if you don't shoot good on stage nine and stage eighteen, you don't win the match. Right. And it's just they're just prone stages, and you just got to get a little bit of love on the wind, a little yeah, bit yeah. lucky, a little bit lucky. So. Um, Anyway, you've been, um, I, my wife had a big birthday and I was able, right after that match, I went, flew straight home like one in the morning and left at six in the morning to Hawaii, went to Hawaii for my first time with my wife and we had a great time and I got Poor back. guys catching lobsters <laughs> every day. Dude, it was, Poor guys fishing and hunting every day. <laughs> it was pretty fun. Unbelievable. We got to go to a cool island out there and uh, got a lot of spearfishing done, picking up lobsters. We went night diving with headlamps and w- ocean was rough, but we still got, we got some good eating fish and it was a good time. Anyway, I, we got back. Um, I my gun was still sitting at the airport in the one of the cars at the at the hotel, and uh, luckily it was still there when we got home and came <laughs> <laughs> raced home. I worked for a couple of days, loaded some ammo one night. Same load I ran in Texas, didn't check it, and then came here. Met you over here. You brought the uh, the monster three hundred eight three hundred eight in the house, <laughs> and um, and you're what you're in between getting your dasher readies. Yep, we're switching from BRX to dasher. So yeah, so I got uh, I got Alpha Dasher Brass that just showed up on Thursday, um, and obviously I'm I'm leaving you know Friday morning, so I, I wasn't able to run that. I would have loved to. Mm-hmm. It would have been a good match to kind of test it out and and get going on it. Uh, it just looks so shiny and perfect. I'm yeah. I'm really excited about it. Um, but I decided to build. I have a six Creedmoor sitting there <laughs> and I have a barreled action six Creedmoor, basically another match gun that I have at six Creedmoor. And so I look over and I see, um, you know, two boxes, uh, two cases, excuse me, of uh, Hornady six Creedmoor uh, match, you know, white box match with a 108. I was like, I was talking to John. I was like, Oh, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to yeah, bring buddy. the six Creed. I can shoot factory, uh, match ammo. Let's do this. So I spent like the next hour and 40 <laughs> minutes putting together my chassis, mounting my scope on there. Um, you know, getting my, my bubble level on and, and getting everything plumbed up, ready to go, putting a muzzle brake on it, getting a trigger in the barrel action. I was like, Hey, this is going to be great. So I build it all. I was like, okay, now it's Thursday night now at like 11 o'clock at night. And, uh, it's like, okay, let's load all this in the car. We're leaving early in the morning. So I load my car, I load my gun into the car. I put it in the back seat. I go inside to grab these cases of ammo. And I grab one of the cases and I was like, that is awfully light in there. <laughs> no. I was like, what in the world? I open it up. It's just empty brass. I'd already shot that box of ammo. I was like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now I was like, it seems like something to check maybe I before was you like, build the gun. What? <laughs> I, I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> So then I was like, I was afraid to even pick up the other box. <laughs> I was like, I know there's 200 rounds in there, you know, but I'm afraid to pick it up. Sure enough, I pick it up, same weight. I just got empty brass in that one too. <laughs> I was like, no way. I didn't want to load tonight. So so I called John back. It's late. I'm like, brother. <laughs> I said frick. That was the first word I said to him was frick. I was like, frick. I, I need I need some brotherly advice here. What should I do? And so 
because I'm not going to load up a bunch of ammo. Anyway, I decided to bring the 308. I have a 308 that sits in the back of my truck. It's my practice gun. I definitely have ammo for that. Um, boxes of cosmetic blim Hornady Tap. Uh, nope. Hornady Tap cosmetic blim ammo. And it's the 168, so it's either dented up or it's got a, a dent in the neck or it's got a... Uh, discoloration or something, um, bad tip or, you know, whatever it is, but it shoots pretty good. So it is what it is. I went out to the range on Friday morning. Um, I got some, uh, some velocity on it, some dope on it, and I decided to shoot a 308. And so it was another learning experience this week because it was windy. Yeah. Yesterday it was not terrible. Kind of like a 10 to 13, eight, eight eight to to 15. I don't know. Today was another story. Um, no, I was I was impressed. We, you know, he, he's like, man, it's got a little vertical. And we laid down at a thousand on side end day Friday night, and it did, it did. But it <laughs> seemed like after four or five, six rounds, it kind of started settling, and it was lots of vertical. But for factory ammo, I was impressed, and I was like, all right, we can we can make this work. And uh, for the most part, I mean, the hundred thousand yard target was, there were some ipsics, so we had some vertical to deal with, which was nice. We could, we could have a little bit and still hit. So um, let, I guess, so this was a team match. This isn't something we do a lot. We obviously we're doing individual stuff, uh, PRS, NRL, spotting for our own shots, doing all that stuff. So we'll talk a little bit about what we learned by no means. We're claiming to be team experts, but we've shot a couple and, there's definitely some some things we learn, some communication issues, and we have, some of it we have excuse for, some of it we don't. Um, but we ended up, long story short, we ended up we ended up winning um, the team match, which was really which was which was fun. It's always it's always fun to win. But yeah, it is. Some good good guys out here, and, and we had a pretty good day yesterday. Today was a little rough for mainly one stage that was should have been an easy easy clean and we just got rugged yeah. so um anyway a couple let's see let's just um let's talk about the stages that we really thought were fun yesterday and mm-hmm. particularly challenging yeah uh go ahead and talk about whatever one you want um you know they had uh three so yesterday we shot eight stages uh today we also shot eight or i guess seven, seven today yeah. um uh, yesterday they had uh, started off with a cold bore, and so you shoot two shots and two shots, uh, you and your partner, and we did that three times for six shots total, which is our cold bore at 1,021 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty standard. You just lay down and shoot that. Uh, I was shooting 308, so it's, you know, I didn't do as well as I would have liked. I was just get, getting kind of blown around. It yeah. was a little bit of a switchy kind of 630 tailwind. Um yeah. And it was first thing, so it was just starting to pick up. A little, yeah, just so popping back to and pick forth. Up. But we went down, and after that, we shot uh, one of the stages that we really enjoyed. It was three minute time limit, and you had to range on the clock. And then when you uh, range on the clock, then you'd shoot the. Th- typically, it was three different targets. You'd shoot one at uh, target one, and your partner would shoot one at target one, and then you guys could move to target two. Um, shoot one shot each at target two, and then go to target three, shoot one shot each at target three. Oh. And then you'd either change positions or you'd, you know, uh, do something else in that particular, um, you know, course of fire. So they were... Re- you and, re- and repeat that for 12 shots, 12 shots each, total. Yep. 24 each. rounds total. So yep. we're, we're having to range three different targets, get dope. It was a position yesterday was off these stair things, so you're just game-changer mm-hmm. front barricade style. 
and the targets were from about five-ish to what were those five to six, five fifty-five, yep. something like that, yep. five hundred to five sixty. So relatively, they were spread out, but relatively close in distance. But still, you're having to shoot twenty-four shots and range. Uh, and get all your dope in three minutes, which was yeah. a hustle. And I'd, I think we were the only team to make it through yesterday on a couple of them. And so there was actually three stages uh, kind of like that. Uh, we really enjoyed them because not some other people maybe didn't enjoy them because they said, well, we, we weren't able to make it through. In my opinion, that's okay. Not every stage is designed mm-hmm. where you're going to – patty cake through it and hit every single one there's yep. there's a lot of tough stages out there and so challenging yep. the shooters in, in a way where you might not make it through but what you need to do is figure out which shots are important to you which ones you do want to hit yep. um and kind of go from there it just really makes you think it really makes you shoot quickly when you do have the information um and so holdovers were a big advantage for us Mm-hmm. on one of the stages because if we didn't hold over we were not making it through and so what we decided is that the first stage we made it through with about eight seconds left yeah um, and i was shooting as far as like my big deep breath out and squeeze like you could throw that out the window i was shooting like a, like a house of fire <laughs> I, mean, I was just letting her i was letting her buck so i mean we definitely you're pushing the limits for sure like it's probably the the most i pushed the limits shooting for a while where i was i mean i'm swinging on target settle boom and just as fast as i can go there's breathings out the window i'll hold my breath and shoot i mean it was getting a little bit reckless yeah, but right, right on that edge of, of recklessness. Yeah, it was fun though. <laughs> so yeah, we had a we had a good time, um, and and then we went up and we shot some mover stages that were like we talked about earlier. They were pretty big targets, so they were really easy as long as you pulled. Mm-hmm. I mean, for us, we even pulled some bad shots, and we admitted. You know, like I stood yeah. up and I told, I said to John, <laughs> I pulled a shot that was absolutely the worst shot I've pulled all year, <laughs> yep. and I and the target was big enough where I still hit. It. So those were maybe a little bit like a, a gimme stage or a yep. feel good stage. Yep. Um, and uh, but th- you know they were fun. They had KYL racks up there and and just doing stuff as a team. Uh, we we sure learned a lot. So yesterday we went back to the hotel and we're like, yeah. man, these are the things that we learned. You know we're going to do it. You know we're going to do more team matches, and this is how we're going to prepare, uh, prepare yep. next time yes. to make us better. Yeah, some of it's no brainer. Obviously, we're shooting two pretty dramatically different calibers. Uh, that's not ideal. I mean, we're, I'm, I'm shooting my dash. It's not dramatic, but it's a fair bit. I'm shooting my dasher. You're shooting factory 308s, just putting along. <laughs> and so we're doing two sets of dope. Our wind is <laughs> one of the targets. There was a, a bobcat today. And I held uh, I held three mils and hit. I was like, man, that was three mils. Jake's like, I'll, I'll try four. <laughs> and I missed Just off the right. Swing over to four and I'm like, okay, so like, I need four two. I hit with three. I think probably hit a little bit left. Maybe I needed three two or something. But with four, you know, it's it's uh, obviously it's common sense. We knew it, but we didn't do it. But I when a, a team match having their dope the same your the same gun really same caliber would be absolutely ideal it'd be perfect especially yesterday on the time stage we're writing two separate two different things of dope all of our wind calls are different mm-hmm. we're we're sort of shooting our own match we're I'm kind of I'm shooting first and telling you my wind call and then you're adding generally it was twenty five percent twenty five percent but yeah. then it was seemed like it was exponentially it did. bigger today as the wind really picked yeah. up so. 
Um, that was nice. One thing that was really nice is uh, you guys have used these as well, but when you're ranging and doing stuff on the clock is some sort of, um, with your laser having your ballistic. So what the SIG Kilo 2400 yep, is, a, is a popular one. Um, I know a bunch of companies are working on them. Some of them don't have them, but the, the popular ones, like I've used the, the Zeiss Victory RF binos have ballistics built in. Those are quick. The Geovids have had those like for a, a while, yep. for a while. Um, the Sig Kilo, those are probably the three main so ones that it, I know it's of. It's a giant advantage so because what he, what, what John's doing is he has his Zeiss. And so he, if we didn't have them, um, so for same thing I did, I had to get in my Kestrel and either whether you have a arm board written down with your data, whether you have your Kestrel, whatever you have. So I'm writing on my, I'm writing on my arm board. Um, and I'm writing on just a notepad with a Sharpie, uh, because I have an arm board where I just, uh, flip it open, put it in and Velcro it down. And so it's just a piece of paper in there. I'm writing the the distance on there and then I'm scrolling through on my Kestrel. I'm getting to that number and then I'm writing the elevation that I'm going to dial and I'm writing the wind, Mm -hmm. uh, because it's say a 16 or 18 mile an hour wind it doesn't always line up with your perfect 10 mile an hour dope card wind. Mm -hmm. And so I'm writing that particular dope card. um, And then he reads me the next one. Well, John is ranging. He's also writing his dope card. Um, And so one of the advantages about shooting the same caliber, like John said, is that he could literally just spit numbers out to us. Every time that we had to range, we were right in the, the 55, 56 second to minute 10 second. That was our, that's how long it took us yeah, to we, range all three targets for yep. me to get my dope, for you to get your dope, and for us to get on the barricade. Yep. And there were some other people in the match. Uh, Nick Godarzi, for example, he was telling me that he was in the about 20 to 22 second range because him and Jake are, are shooting, him and Jake uh, Millard are shooting the exact same uh Ballistics, and so he would mm-hmm. ping it with his sig, and it would spit out a dope. And so then he's just saying, "Hey, target one, four, two, target two, you know, yep. three, eight, target three, three, one, boom." And now they're ready so to go. Fast, it's yeah. just so so quick and so fast. And I'm not saying that they were able to get through or whatever. It, it was it was something that he was was thankful that he had. It, it's definitely something that you guys can can you know take that information they ended up getting second and, and they shot really yep. well yep. um as well and so they, they they were right up there they hit a lot of targets and part of that was because they they came prepared in that particular yep. um you know situation yeah those are those are it's super fast i use them in a hunting situation but generally as you guys know most of the individual matches they give us ranges so maybe the reason we like the some of those blind stages and range of the clock is because it's not something we ever do yep so it was novel it was fun they weren't easy positions they were there was no target markers out in these mountain these hills with sagebrush they're just black targets out there that you gotta you gotta you know you're transitioning one shot per 12 times through different ranges it's just it was just a it was fun so it'd be kind of fun to incorporate that into and maybe in maybe some of the prs nrl matches that that we do but um, that was one thing. Um, I want to talk about that, our blow up stage. So yesterday there's, it was really simple. It was 320 yards. There was a, a rack of 10, there's six inches, right? Six inch rounds. Yep. 10, six inch rounds in a row at 320 yards. So two MOA, 
is a really, I mean, prone should be a very easy, easy stage prone. So you lay down, shoot 10 in a row, bang, 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 bang. You're, then, then your teammate, bang, bang, bang. And you gotta, you gotta do those real. It's really simple. We cleaned it yesterday. <laughs> we go up there today. What a disaster today. We go up there today and the wind is right at your back, right at your six o'clock. And it's, it's not just a little bit of wind. I mean, it's blowing 28, 30 miles an hour. And it's just rolling this moon dust right uh, just so we're like, how do we, because it's just thick. And so as soon as you lay down facing the targets, it's rolling like it creates this vortex between your scope and your face where the, like the wind like rolls because it's, it just, dust just curls in your face. If and so, anyone walks behind you, you get clouded out. If, if you even move your own feet, you get clouded out. It was crazy. So we go up there. We're like, well, we'll, we could, yeah, we'll still do it. It's still, they're big plates. We cleaned it yesterday. No problem at all. We'll, we'll clean it today. No problem. So two shots, two points per shot. So there's 20, 20 shots between the team. So 40 points available that we got yesterday. We go up there. Dust is going everywhere. Jake starts. It was a disaster for me. I mean, part of my, I lay down, it's already dusty. I lay down and there's so much dust that my lens on my scope was caked full of dust. I literally could not see out of it. I was looking, I'm like, the front lens. It's dark. My objective lens, or excuse me, my eyepiece was, yeah. it was, it was coming was out of like, back. Look at your scope. Yeah. I was like, oh no. So I'm trying to wipe it off with my finger, trying to see out of my scope. That was, that was the first problem. Um, the next problem was there was so much in there as well. And maybe I was moving a little bit too much, whatever. There was so much dust that now dirt and, and craps getting inside my mag. Now I'm having even a tougher time trying to feed rounds and now they're getting stuck with a straight AI, like as, as reliable as magazine AI can get. Mag, and and it's, it's just, it was binding up on me. Sandblasting. Your, sandblasting. Your mouth is full. I have contacts. I'm st- we're supposed to be laying side by side. I asked if I could stand until it's my turn to shoot. They're like, yeah, you just got to get in position. So I'm I still, standing there covering my eyes. I'm going to, right now, just so you guys know, I'm going to pick my nose. He's, I'm picking it. I'm picking it. There's people in the parking lot watching. And I got watching. dirt boogers <laughs> on my finger. I got so much dirt in my nose. Hey, don't wipe that on the car. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so, so we start off, and uh, Jake manages a three out of ten. Oh, it was the best. <laughs> it, was, it was my best, uh, best stage <laughs> ever. On two and a half in my plants, it's 300 I, yards. So I shoot. I can't see anything. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my oh, eyes there's open. There's a moral of the story, so pay attention. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to keep my eyes open, and it's just absolutely so much dirt that you're, like, sandblasting. You're trying to keep them open so you can see, but then you can't because uh, you're sandblasting. It's like you're in a, you're, you're in a, you're in a aluminum sandblaster, and yeah. so you're looking through there. I got dirt in my eyes. I got sand in my eyes. I'm trying to keep them open. I, I feel like... I feel like I'm trying try to physically uh, open my eye. It's just crazy. Anyway, I I shoot. I can't see. Right when I shoot, I literally have to close my eyes. Um, I can't see where my misses are going. It was no, pretty rough. It was a disaster. Um, and so I saw a couple. I was able to get a couple hits out of it. Uh, it was pretty windy. It was it was windy. It was windy, and so we were. It was kind of at our seven o'clock, and so we didn't know. At 300 and, and some odd yards, you don't think it's going to be a lot of wind, but it ended up for me being four tenths. 
Um, and when and, you can't see where the bullet lands, it's hard to. F- <laughs> and you can't see where the bullet lands, it's, it, it's hard. So we started at like, you know, a tenth left or straight up because it was at kind of at our back. We're like, okay, it's going to float over there. We'll end up being more. Um, yeah. And. And then John lays down, and so I'm having problems, and I'm we only have three minutes. I'm st- which which is an eternity on the stage. You it can is. literally run the stage two teammates in ninety seconds easily. So in I'm normal like, conditions. I'm like two minutes and twenty seconds I'm, into I've this. I've got thing. my timer running, and I'm starting to panic. Like, dude, <laughs> I was like, you got to just shoot rounds in the Do dirt, something. so at least I can try to shoot. But and I couldn't load them. <laughs> I, I, I was trying to get my. It was a disaster. Anyway. So John's yelling at me, and he's cussing. No, he's not I cussing. Not. I was he's, thinking about it. He's, he's yelling, saying, let's go, Viber, come on. <laughs> Close your butt. I can't. I'm sorry. So and I s- drop into – I was like, well, I'm going to get in position while he's still down. So I drop down to prone. We're 215. I was like, I got 45 seconds, so I'm waiting for him, waiting for him. He finally finishes. But I got prone, and so by the time it was my turn to shoot, I couldn't see because the dirt wasn't – I had so much dirt in my contacts. I stood back up. <laughs> I had my bolt closed on a live round. I got up. I looked into the wind, so I was getting fresh air. Blinking, blinking, blinking. I closed my eyes and lay down with my eyes closed behind my gun. I get position, and then I open my eyes. And I get more dirt in my eyes. And it's just, <laughs> I was like, this is insane. And so finally, I just, I went to, I tried to go weak side eye, fired a shot, missed my first one, didn't really see where it went. So I just added wind. And then I would start, I'd fire, close my eyes. I'd get on and I'd, right when I shot, I'd just close my eyes. And then I'd rack my bolt. And then right when I was ready to shoot again, I'd open and shoot and close them. And then if I missed, I would just add more wind. Anyway, the moral story, I got a six. We dropped, we got nine out of 20 hits. We dropped 22 points on that stage. 22 on that one. Um, we, and we had a good margin from yesterday, luckily, so we were okay. However, moral of the story is, some guys came up after us, and uh, a little smarter than we were. Um, uh, quite they, a bit smarter. There's, I guess sa- that's not hard to do, though. S- no. <laughs> Safety <laughs> glasses dumb we are. apparently work very, very well for keeping that out. So some guys had some really tight-fitting glasses. Some had the kind with the little foam around them, like mini goggles. And so guys were sharing those. And and turns out when you can see, you can shoot better. So, um, <laughs> so, so I think I'm going to carry from now on out. I don't care. Someday this will happen again in Oklahoma or somewhere, Arizona, New Mexico, where it's sandy, dry, and windy. And I'm going to pick up points on a bunch of people. Those little foam goggles would, would be a good investment. With the little foam. It's super cheap. Sunglasses with a foam around there. Put yeah. them in a case, throw them in your pack. Yep. I'm going to leave them in the, in the pack for the rest of my match career because that would have changed. I mean, that t- would have taken your three. Three to a nine or a ten. You might have missed one on win, but you would have seen it, and you would have ran nine in yeah, a row instead of been dropping easy. seven. Oh, that was so so embarrassing. So it was it was the it was the worst windiest craziest stage I've ever shot. And we thought about we could see the dust blowing, but we're like, we'll be all right for ten shots. It'll just we can shoot we can literally shoot those in, in you know twenty seconds. Um, we thought about shooting off a tripod, so we were up high, but the wind we had just shot a pri- the tripod on that three hundred yard mover, and it was the wind has gotten way worse since then. If we were standing, I don't know. I couldn't have held on those plates. The wind was hitting you so hard. If I couldn't stand up straight, I was getting blown around just standing there. Yep. Um, anyway, so moral of that is those glasses are not were, were some sort of glasses when the wind's ripping. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was a long story for a very easy thing to just say. Just so bring glasses. That was that was the moral of that story. Bring glasses. Um, the. Uh, that's funny. What what else? Communication is tough. Communication is huge. Mm-hmm. It's going to help when you're shooting the same calibers. I think. Yep. Um, and and I think that's something you could easily practice on a Friday before take a shot, call a correction, and just work on feeding that back and forth. Um, 
when we were as rushed as we were on those blind stages, it was very difficult. We ended up shooting those nearly as individuals because I would shoot. I wouldn't watch Jake shoot to see where his bullet went. I would move to the next target because it was moving so fast. So some of those were a little difficult. Today we could have utilized that a little bit more, and we did for the most part. Yep, but with did. the ballistics being so different, it was still was a little bit and a something bit too tough. To, to try to figure out as well is maybe when you are running the team, uh, spend a few more seconds on those first couple shots each. Yep. And so if you know you're going to be in a time crunch, that's okay. Spend a few mm-hmm. more seconds together. And talk about those first couple shots. Okay, I, I'm holding one six. Here we go. One six, boom. Okay, if it was an impact, was it on the left side of the plate, the right side of the plate? Was it a center impact? Yep. Let's just call it a center impact. Okay, man, that looked really good at one six. Let's stay there on one six because we know it's good. Um, even if you're running a different caliber or something else, for example, you know, John might have center punched it at one six. Uh, then I can make a mental note and say, geez, one six, I'm probably four tenths more. I'm going to try two mil mm-hmm. and then really focus on that. Okay. Now we know what the wind value is and we can, we can run that all the way out instead of yep. John shooting me, not seeing him. And then I'm shooting, he's not seeing me. And then so we're kind of just guessing. We have two shots or three shots or four shots to really get a lot of valuable information. Yep. And when we're both seeing them, uh, man, that just went right off the left, correct? Yes, it did. Went, it, it, you know, mm-hmm. you, you have a backup, right? Because now you're seeing, especially with how windy it was uh, today, a lot of the barricades were moving, a lot of the props were moving and shaking. And so it was hard you know, even when you're on uh, on your tripod in a sitting or kneeling position, because the wind was blowing, you know, 20, 25 miles an hour, it was really shaking your body around as well and the tripod. And so I don't know how many tripods flipped over <laughs> and broke glass this week. I know I broke mine. Uh, they flipped right over and, and hit pretty hard. I know I heard yep. three or four other people cussing in the wind, and, and that's that's what happened when they're – yeah. Their brand new spotter flips over and breaks the front lens because the wind knocked it over. Absolutely, it, that that's how windy it was. It was ripping. So, no, that's good. I think those team matches are fun. If you guys can fit them in somewhere, I I, I haven't shot the team so far. I've heard that's a blast. So, um, I know, like again, there's a lot better team experts out there than we are. But we learned some stuff. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I don't. I think with with more depending on the match with more time you could really slow down and get really precise with each other which which would be a fun aspect too um, managing gear for each other this one was was relatively fast paced so just quick communication was the key here I think but um, the next anyway. one we're definitely shooting the same same ballistics one hundred percent it's going to help us so much yeah uh, I got to get a three hundred eight so we're twinned up twin in so um, I see what else it was. Uh, was cool loophole there was some cool stuff for a little team match loophole put a big spotter on the table yeah. there's some free you know handguns and nozzle bullets and a bunch of there's a bunch of random stuff so yeah. it was kind of fun to see that little you know smaller match but it was fun to fun to go to um and it, that kind of catches up on shooting we've got uh matches are gonna start piling up here pretty good in the next few months we're gonna have we're one we're running the nrl match if you haven't got signed up signed up it's filling up pretty good um that's may 1st through 3rd yep first through third is the mdt still challenge uh <coughs> excuse me we are gonna have a helicopter out there uh we, we get a lot of a lot of questions about that um we also have the 
the PRS AG Cup, which is the JC Steel Shootout. Both of these mm-hmm. are on the JC Steel Targets website, so you can check those out. Uh, we have. I just opened up some more slots. Um, uh, there is slots available for the PRS AG Cup. There's not many slots available for the MDT. So if, if you do get this uh, or or hear this, just log on and see if if it's if, if there are any slots. We we uh, are about to shut it down. That's that's yep. how many people we have. So it's going good so far. So yep. that's going to be fun. So we got those coming up. Got some. Uh, I just I can't wait to get going on some more matches. Um, heading over to Nebraska soon. A couple other ones. So it should be fun. Um, let's we, we we haven't done this had one for a little while. We got a couple questions that we'll knock out really quick, and and then um, and then keep these cranking. So. Uh, we appreciate you guys' feedback. Seems like all the matches, like a lot of guys, have been really super cool and said thanks for putting it out, which we appreciate. It's nice to hear that you guys are listening and stuff like yep. that. So, um, anyway, had a good time. Props to got a good props to Vallejo down in Texas. He was the selfie king, but he also took some videos of Jake and I, which was which was handy because we're all we're, we're terrible at that. We got a little better this weekend. We took some videos and so we can kind of see what we're doing and and maybe share with you guys if we can get some teachable tips. But Vallejo got a couple. Uh, shots of us down there, which was fun. It was fun yep. to shoot with him. We don't get to do that too much, so that was a good time in Texas as well. Um, let's do. You want to? Do, you want to? Should we hit this question? Do it. I love it. Okay, we had a quick question from a guy. Well, not terribly quick, but hey, thanks for the podcast. Uh, this guy's a tactical photograph from Instagram because I had a question. I'd like to hear your input on when figuring out the dope for your gun. What process do you go through to make it line up? Which with what is actually happening downrange. I've heard you talk about the Burger 109 uh, and how you adjusted the BC up a few points to make it line up correctly. I'm also curious, after you get your dope at a certain elevation, how do you know it's going to work across or work when you travel across the country, mm-hmm. uh, different elevations, variables, so on and so forth? Uh, do you just trust your Kestrel? Um, do you just trust the output from your Kestrel? Anyway, anyway thanks. So Good stuff. Um 109 BC, uh, let's see, variables that can affect a BC. One, the BC on the package isn't isn't true. Mm-hmm. Two, it is, there's probably more than we're going to list, but it is true, and different tightnesses of bores can affect BC slightly. Uh, mm-hmm. A thinner bore could, in theory, increase BC a little bit, and a fatter bore could decrease as the bullet conforms to the bore. Those are minor changes. I've heard people talk about it. I don't know how to measure that. Um, I'm just shooting what gets what you're hitting down range another variable could be your scope isn't when you turn one tenth you know one mil or one moa it isn't actually exactly one mil or one moa maybe it's off a tiny bit and mm-hmm. so by the time you dial up six mils maybe your scope tracks maybe it's actually six three or or six one or maybe it varies a little bit as long as it's consistent, it's fine, and that's why you true kind of true your bolt to your gun. Most of the high-end scopes, I, I, I haven't had to mess with that. Mm-hmm. I know in the past it was more common. So th- there are some different variables. So what I did with the 109, pretty new bullet. I've always trusted Burger BC very uh, – they're usually their BCs are spot on. So I believe it's a 292 G7. I put that all in my calculator, did load development, got a good load that was shooting really good out of the dasher. I think it was 32 grains of Vargate, right around 2,900 feet a second. So – um, I wouldn't mind running a little slower. It just hammered there, and I didn't have a lot of time to test the lower node. And it was, you know, we I knew we was going to be dry at the match we were going to, so I wasn't too worried about it. Shot some good groups at 100, got a great zero. Um, so I trust my zero. 
So make sure all your inputs are correctly, your zero, your sight height, all that stuff. And then make sure your, your speed is good. So either a lab radar or a magneto speed. Those are the two chronographs that we trust. Um, and they, when I've ran them together, they're always really close. And I put that in there and I put in Burgers BC. Then I go, I went to 600 yards and I was pretty close and I was like, okay, well that seems to be lining up pretty good, which generally out to about 600. Is that what you're at? Five, 600 yards. I'm going to really look for my, that's pretty much if you're close ballpark with the BC and your speed's good, then you're fine. Generally it's going to line up pretty good. I went out to a thousand and that's where I like to test BC is like a thousand to 1200 in relatively calm winds. I don't want to do it 20 mile an hour winds cause you can get lift and stuff and you can get kind of false elevation problems. So I like relatively calm winds around a thousand to 1200. And in this particular case I was hitting high. And so, um, to bring that down, my, I know my zero is good. I know my speeds are good. My only other variable I can change is BC. And as I raise the BC, it's going to bring that bullet down. And in my case, it was two tenths high consistently on two different days. I tested once in the morning, then I tested the next day at night, both in calm conditions. So I was pretty confident in my data. Um, and you know, shoot five, six, seven shots and take the center of that group. Cause we are shooting, you know, 1200 yards with a dash or 1100 yards. It's a long ways. Um, so uh, but I was consistently about two tenths high as I brought the BC up around a 302 to 304 right in there. That took me two tenths down. I lined up pretty good, took it back to 600. It still shot good. Anyway, that's how I chew my stuff. So it's not really rocket science. Make sure all your inputs are in good and make sure your zero is good. A trusted scope. Um, the biggest, craziest problems I hear people talk about, man, I'm way off and this and that. And they start changing BC dramatically. And it almost is always a scope problem. It seems, um, it's just not tracking true. So if you really are having problems, it might be a, a mechanical issue, not necessarily a bullet BC issue. Um, so here you talk, you talk about trusting your environmentals as you travel. Once you have that data at your home mm -hmm. range, once I have my one Oh nine, that, that's how I treat my one Oh nine. I hope that makes sense. But now talk about as we go, yeah, good stuff, travel around, uh, you know, uh, this, this can work for the long-range hunting crew. This can work for any hunters all over the country, any competition shooters, uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, for I was actually working with a, uh, a hunter this last week, and he was, um, he was, you know, got all the stuff figured out, and he kept saying, well, I I'm, I'm constantly shooting over the top of animals, and I'm constantly shooting over the top of animals. I'm always hitting them high or, or whatever the situation is. And so I said, okay, let's dig into this and figure out why you're hitting high. Um, we at, at our place are around 1,000 uh, density altitude. And so it's a pretty low number. Uh, you know, we're in Washington State, and he's, he's about 1,000. Well, what he does is he goes, typically when you hunt, where are you going to hunt? You're going to hunt somewhere a little bit higher than 1,000 density altitude. You're typically going up in the hills of Montana or, you know, up in the, you know, uh, up a little higher, especially in the West here, where the, the density altitude can change quite a bit, and it can have a drastic effect on the bullet. Uh, what I mm -hmm. had, had found out to him, or, or had, you know, we're talking with him, I said, okay, let's sit down, let's just look at the ballistics, just look at the numbers on why our density altitude is important. And so what I want you to do is I want you to, to figure out, you know, when you travel from, let's just call it sea level, 
to uh, Utah, you're going to be about 10,000 DA on a, a hot summer Utah day, or you're going to be sea level, which is zero um, on the density altitude, or maybe 500 or something on mm-hmm. density altitude. You have such a giant margin. And so when I put in that margin uh, at 1,000 yards with his bullet, which was a 338, um, he was actually uh, 36 inches difference on his elevation. Jeez. Well, you're not going to hit much, at, you know, when you're 36 inches off. That's like, you know, being a table height off on your elevation. You're, of course, going to shoot over or under based off what that is. Mm-hmm. So we started to look at these different numbers. And one thing that I do is I adjust my DA uh, when I'm going on a hunting trip. So, for example, I always carry four different cards with me. I zero all my stuff at 1,000 DA because that's where I live. That's where I zero it. I'm going to get dope out to distance. I'm going to make sure my BCs are correct and it's going to line up. And then what I do is I take all those exact numbers, the same BC numbers, the same zero numbers, all the same stuff, and the only thing I'm going to change is my density altitude. And so when I have a density altitude chart, I I like to go in 3,000 DA increments. And so I'll have a small little one inch by four inch card chart that has uh, the number on top. So it's going to have, say, 1,000 on the DA. It's going to have 4,000. I'm going to have 7,000 and Mm 10,000, you know, something similar to that. And those charts are just going to be in my pocket. So if I'm running, uh, you know, my rule of thumb is 3,000 DA difference at 700 yards or more, and I'm going to slow down, I'm going to get my Kestrel out, I'm going to double check my numbers and make sure everything's good. Inside of that, inside of 700 yards and less than 3,000 density altitude change, then I know my numbers are going to be really close, you know, within inches, say four, five, six inches mm-hmm. um, at that 700-yard mark. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going, to, I'm going to focus on it. The number one thing that we hear from long-range hunters is they typically, especially from us over here in the West, is they typically are shooting high over the top of a back. They're typically um, hitting the animal high. And so we think, well, why is that? Well, typically, it's you're hitting high, you're going up in elevation, the air is thinner, you don't need as much elevation on your scope to hit where you want, and so you're going to shoot a little bit high because the air is thinner. Air travels better, air is thinner, and that's, that's usually the reason. So for density altitude, I like to have those little charts. I just laminate those, put those in my pocket. They're really small, really lightweight, but it's going to allow me to have a really quick reference guide for all those different numbers. And if I go up to Wyoming or go up to, you know, Park City, Utah, and I'm hunting and it's, you know, 8,000, 9,000 DA, then I'm going to pull out the card that best represents what I'm going to be hunting in. And that's Mm -hmm. going to be my chart. Uh, It just makes it a quick, easy reference guide to what we can, you know, what we can do long range uh, shooting wise for for very quick math. Obviously, the best thing would be to trust our kestrels. That's what those things are are meant to, you know, meant to do. It's meant to give us temperature, barometric pressure and humidity and density altitude, so on Mm -hmm. and so forth. So on those charts, I haven't done hard copies for a a while. And I I used to do that a lot more. And I I need to get. It's gonna, I'm going to pay if I don't on some of these hunts, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to laminate some more cards. I used to do that. So are you doing 50-yard increments on range, or how do you generally? Just curious. You know, I typically, I typically do 100-yard uh, increments, 
out to like four or five hundred yards. Okay. And then when I get past that, I might go to to fifties. And then typically when I get to like seven fifty, I'll go to like twenty five. That makes sense. And so then I I because it's obviously a much bigger distance at those at those longer ranges. Uh, you you have killed you know nineteen million times more animals than I have. Unless you count coyotes. Unless you count coyotes, uh, but I did most of that at short range anyway. <laughs> you did check your DA with your twenty two. I pistol. did not check DA. <laughs> so you know for for the for those hunting trips, like for example, I went on a mule deer hunt to Telluride, Colorado. Well, the DA in Telluride in October, which was really nice, was like twelve thousand eight hundred thirteen thousand. Obviously, I can't use my 1500 DA that I have here. And so I knew I was going up there. Uh, I printed out a small little chart that had, I think the number that I used was 11,000 DA because I didn't know. Um, But it sure gets me much closer in the ballpark to what I need than, you know, running a 1500. Yeah. And it was a giant difference. It's at 1,000 yards. Like I said, it's three feet. That's a big number yep. um, to miss by just by, you know, changing that one number. Everything else stays the same. Your scope height, your bullet, your BC, all your stuff stays the same. So for me, my my key number um, is that density altitude because density altitude takes in your temperature, your relative humidity, your altitude, and your barometric pressure to come up with one number called density altitude. Mm-hmm. And so it takes in, in this, you know, all these numbers, gives you how thick is the air. That's really all you care about. Yep. You know, the temperature doesn't tell you how thick the air is the because you can have a lot of humidity. The humidity doesn't tell you how thick, you know, the air is because it can be hot or uh, different elevation. Mm-hmm. The altitude doesn't. So these numbers you know, individually don't tell you the, the what you need. Um, but the density altitude in combination will tell you everything you need to know. That's oh, kind of interesting. I, I mean, I grew up with MOA. Uh, I, I like it for hunting. I th- think there's still some pros to it. But uh, I, and I use absolute pressure, and I don't know why, but it seems like a lot of MOA guys use absolute pressure. It worked. I killed a lot of stuff. DA just seems uh, pretty quick and easy. Um, uh, luckily for us, it's getting easier and easier with more of these devices taking all this stuff into account for us. Um, but it's it's good to be aware of. I think this is a side note, but I think you know what a crosswind jump is a real thing too. The more you play with it, so yeah, absolutely play with that a little bit when you guys can shooting some big winds from the nine and the three o'clock and watch your bullet go move up and down from where it should be. Um, in regards to traveling around for matches with the Kestrel, uh, generally both Jake and I over the last few years really have come to trust the Kestrels from here to Florida to Texas to. Alberta to you know Arizona so if you get your dope confirmed really well and you got a good zero I really haven't messed or had to change hardly anything in the last couple years Mm -hmm. I always like to confirm and make sure but I really haven't had to change much if I do have an issue of, of, of something downrange being high or low it tends to be for whatever reason maybe my gun sped up a little bit in this you know, humidity or something for travel. It's almost always a, either a hundred yard zero or a speed thing. It's not, it's not like my, everything changed downrange magically. It's usually something up close with my inputs in the Kestrel. So I do trust it quite a bit now these days. Um, so once you get that confirmed at the house, I wouldn't start tweaking a bunch of stuff at a side in day when you travel to a match. Uh, maybe it's windy, maybe it's miragey. There's a lot of variables. Um, so, yeah, I do trust the Kestrel quite a bit once I get those trued up. I hope that made sense as far as, you know, true in BC. I'll try to 
uh, get good velocity, magneto speed, or lab radar. Make sure you're entered in correctly. Out by 600 yards, check your velocity, 600 and in. Your velocity is really going to show up. And try to chew your BC 1,000 and out. I don't even like to do it really at 800. Try to get to 1,000, 1,000, 11, 1,200, and try to do it in cool, in calm winds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and tweak your BC up and down to really get that lined up. Don't be afraid to change it a little bit. Don't go dramatic, but it, don't be afraid to really fine-tune it if you need to a little bit. Um, we should dive. We'll have to talk in another time about some of that hunting side stuff. We get some a lot of hunting questions, too, from guys. And mm-hmm. the best way, the quickest way in the field, it is a little slow to pull out your kestrel. When you've got a deer running away at five, 600 yards, there's there's better ways to do that. You don't need to pull DA all the time. Those range cards are one thing, but we'll, we'll talk about that more in the future. Well, and that's but, something that we found out with the team match, yeah. how slow it was to use the kestrel. Yep. You know, and so now... We know it, but it, Matt, when you got three minutes, you're like, man, this is really slow. <laughs> I know, but we're, we're relating that now to long-range hunting and For realizing sure. that we, we might not have three minutes when we're trying to kill a deer either and no, so I've, yeah it's 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 giant to have some different backup like you you have those uh if, if you have a bino the binos are getting good i know you know you can't talk a lot of companies are working on them the ones that have out right now the Leica Geovids have a terrible interface. I used those for a long time because they did work. <laughs> they were hard to get to work, but when they did, they were awesome. The Zeiss Victories, I think, are the first ones outside of the Sig Kilo to have a good app that Bluetooth to so you can enter your sight height and your speed pretty quickly. Um, and those are quick. Like I've had times where I've uh, spooked a deer out of a bottom of a canyon. Last day of the season was one buck. It was an old deer's regress. It was probably a 165, 170 type of a mule deer really heavy real old and his prime he probably would have been a 190 type of a deer but just a cool old buck and he was but last morning of the hunt deep snow he boogered out of the bottom he's on a doe first thing in the morning i saw him just right at daylight and he's heading up the other side of the mountain and i know he's going quick and so all i do is i range the top and it was uh, i can't remember 550 or six somewhere in that five six hundred range it instantly gave me the number, so I, I range, and I have my dope in seconds. So say fast. Three seconds. I'm spinning my turret while I'm walking over to the spot, like three steps to my right, spin my turret, I drop into position. Three seconds later, he's at the top. He looks back, boom. And it was, there's no way you're pulling out a Kestrel, looking at, even pulling, trying to get a drop a turret card. out of your pocket. It's not happening. And so some of those electronics are huge. The, the Sig Kilo, and you hunters know this. This is this is nothing new, but those things are worth their weight in gold when you're rushed for sh- rush for time. It, if you've got a long shot and you've got all the time in the world, by all means, pull your Kestrel, pull a DA, get a good wind, and take your time. But when you're in that four, five, six hundred yard range that you've practiced a million times and you know, then it's hard to beat the electronics right now that's taken into account, you know, DA and angles and all that stuff. So... Again, preaching the choir a little bit, but uh, man, those are worth their weight in gold when 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 time is of the essence. Mm-hmm. So, um, let's wrap this sucker up. I'm going to drive over to Idaho. You're going to drive home. That's right. And it was fun to win a match. It's, it was fun to have a team match, kind of relaxing, and we got to talk trash to each other a little bit and have a good time. So, it was a pretty relaxing weekend. Um, we John, watched, John shot the wrong target. I did. <laughs> I did. Like a dingleberry. I should, we were on a KYL, L, rack, KYL rack, and I shot the left rack on one target instead of the right rack. Um, um, I, I was able to make fun of him a little bit. It kind of felt nice. You did. You did. Um, I could try to rib him a little bit. But then you dropped seven on a three, three MOAs at <laughs> 300 yards. So. Touche. <laughs> anyway, no, we had a good time. Um, good guys there. It was a lot of fun. Um, 
So until next time, you'll be you'll be breaking in the dashers. I've got a new. I'm excited. I've got my uh, benchmark. Joe just spun up my benchmark um, seven and a half twist JCC custom contour VCC. V- VC Vibrant Custom Contour, not J. Okay, VCC Custom Contour from Benchmark. I'm I'm excited. He said it looked really good when he cut it. Um, so that will be here. I got a bunch of 109s coming, time. and I'm really excited to get those 109s. I've been shooting 105s so, because I've been out of 109s for a while. So really excited to get those running. Um, I'll be doing that when I get home and and getting back at it. I'm excited to to start shooting matches again. I got I was I was ready for a little break, and I'm ready to start shooting. So. That's right. Anyway, anything else? Are we good? Doodles.